Okay, welcome back to Helmets. Uh, it is week welcome four. Welcome to Helmets. Yeah. Mm. We we'll probably have to talk about actual helmets. At some point. People's brains have been pretty minced up this week. It's been, uh, been a, yeah, not it's, a good week for a human brain in the NFL. Uh, it's been a great week for that guy who Will Smith played and looks nothing like alike. Oh, yeah, that movie. The concussion, the film. Yeah. This time it's personal. Just Google concussion side effects by accident. Yeah, it was really scary what happened because, um, so, yeah, I don't, so the Dolphins go into the game against a resurgent, um, against a resurgent Bengals team and I'm like, ah, cool, the game's on at one o'clock in the morning on a Thursday, I'm going to just fucking sleep and Google it in the morning. I awoke at 4.30 from a nightmare and I Googled what was happening and I was like, oh, the Dolphins lost. Oh, that sucks. And then I went on, and then I went on Twitter and I was like, just see what people are saying about the game. And it was all like pray for tour, tour, concussion, brain, all this horrible shit. And I was like, ah, something terrible has happened. Uh, the guy's got a second consecutive concussion. Uh, this time it was so horrible and scary. I don't know if you saw like him lying on the turf with his like, his fingers were all like long and he was all twisted up. It was so, yes. so gross. It is not lost on me that we just spent the last episode discussing how exciting it is to watch the Dolphins. And then this happens immediately afterwards. And I know that this is a quite a lighthearted podcast, but on a really serious level, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the impression. I feel as an NFL fan, when even though I really, you really can't really believe anything that these people say anymore, but they said the reason why he stumbled in the Bills game was because he had like a trapped nerve from the quarterback sneak and he'd hurt his back. Mm. And that caused his legs to be all weird. And then you're like, all right, fair enough. And then he gets slammed to the ground. But I think getting slammed to the ground against the Bengals, anyone would have been knocked out of, on that. The only reason it's got more of a like you know more of tr more traction is that it's now two in a row and everyone's like obviously mm. it's bullshit so either like the dolphins are bullshitting which apparently isn't possible because uh apparently like all of these independent um yeah let's put a little bookmark on that let's put a little bookmark on isn't possible right here but yes yeah i, I know, it, know from what they're saying and you know we only have that to go on they brought had an independent assessor. He passed all the the concussion protocols. However, they have since fired the doctor who made the initial um, the initial call. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, it, uh, the Dolphins were in the game up until the second half. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't look like he's the guy, which is a shame. I hope Tua comes back. It, I mean, he's definitely not playing this week. Apparently, like they're already saying, like it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater starting. Um, but of course, he's not fucking playing. He's, he can't yeah, play. No, I know. If they imagine if they put him in, that would be that would be an unbelievable commitment to just digging in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd just be it'd be it'd be ridiculous. And uh, I don't know. We we said before, like regardless of what happened, I think it was always going to be a really tricky game. 
coming off the Bills game, big rivalry in the heat, and then you have to travel to to away at the defending AFC champions. Yeah, this is a tough game, but then your quarterback eats shit. The, the, the tackle was bullshit, and it should have been unnecessary roughness. I don't think you could slam people into the ground like that anymore. Uh, but yeah, Dolphins, there uh, were some dodgy play calls. Didn't look like a great, great game across the board, really. Um, but, you know, they're in the game up until the fourth. Well, they were winning the game up until the fourth quarter. Um, and then uh, Teddy, yeah, he's not the one. And that brings up, I mean, Teddy's going to start this week uh, against the Jets, who had a positive game, really good game, actually. And then um, I think it should be Skylar Thompson. I think he's got, like, what have we got to lose? If these guys are only going to start this week or next week, you might as well see if he can do it against the Jets. Yeah, I agree. Just bring in Heisenberg's wife. Yeah. Um, so the, the the concussion, I think, again, this is one of those moments where I think it might be worth just spending a couple of seconds just talking briefly about the NFL and concussions. Um, the concussion is, in my experience, this is my view of concussions. Uh, concussions, in my view, to the NFL, are concu- the concussions are to the NFL. I'm going to edit that load of speech diarrhea yeah. I just did there out of the out of the podcast um concussions are to the NFL and low level city corruption are to the NFL what oil and blood money are to normal football <laughs> like yeah definitely it's just the one thing that if you are a f- every major sport has an a ridiculous like not just in your face but like like smashing in your face, whipping you across the face with this big problematic dick. And normal football is the in unreal amount of match fixing, bribery, organized crime, you know, Emirati blood, oil money, and genuine slavery that's been used to build the um the World Cup stadiums and things like that. That yeah. like war crimes coverage, any of that. And the NFL's is city, you know, it's only really one one country so it's city level corruption and then the sheer amount of physical damage that the athletes cause each other and the le- and th- that shouldn't that should be semi obvious but the the sheer level at which they go to cover up just how bad it is i think that's where yeah. the i think that's where the real i mean there there's there's a very famous film that's been made about it but even just kind of mad things like um you know that when they did so basically a group of players the nfl players association sued the sued the nfl alongside a group of players who brought a class action lawsuit um which resulted in a scheme which the nfl put into place to pay players out who'd suffered from brain trauma uh and one of the stipulations in that scheme included racially but so that the the amount of um the amount of money you'd get um included racial weighting um which genuinely and this is literally in the contract uh, in the in, as part of the scheme written into part of the scheme is that if the african american players who suffered from cte were paid less money because they had less intelligence to lose which is such an what the fuck? Un- yeah that is you can you can you can look that up um i'm going to put the uh, yeah I feel just, I feel like all kinds of uh, I don't know like I I got I got a real like reaction to a bunch of the negative horrible shit that happened in English football and I actually took a year off from watching it hmm. and 
I think I benefited from it. Like, but like, I just replaced that with just loads of NFL and loads of Formula One. And yeah. I told my friend that I watched those, and they're like, you took a you took a stand against corruption and racism in what on one side of the thing, but you then go and fucking watch Formula One and American football, which are two of the most you know corrupt sports in the world. It's um. I just don't think you can really enjoy anything in the whole world. No, you're only you have to. I think you have to thirst at the teat of at least one mind-bendingly evil organization for your entertainment. And even yeah. if you don't like, even if you're one of those sports balls guys, so I, I bet you fucking watch like Marvel or some bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't oh, yeah, yeah. like just as evil. And I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say don't support things. You know, people got to take their stands where they can. Yeah, I'm not saying don't. Um, you know, people. It's one of the things. You know, we got to live in a. We've got to live in a society that we have. Um, and you're not a hypocrite for watching these things. You're also not a hypocrite for taking a stand against them. Personally, I'm a coward. I take a stand against nothing. So I'm gonna be yeah. eating up all that mm, delicious entertainment. Yes, please. And um, <laughs> that's, uh, the other thing, I, I've heard. I've heard people talk about this. I, I, apparently, like, like football players know it. They know, like. They know what's going to happen to them. Yeah, it's just yeah. The, but the thing is, they they players themselves had have so many opinions on what would be like that would be improved. One thing they did this year, I think it's this year, but they started putting like what looked like rugby scrum caps on top of their helmets in training. And yes, that was supposed to like cushion the blow. But all that the guys were saying was, all it does is just makes your head heavier and more dangerous. And what you really need to do is actually wear less padding on the head. And then that would, you know, that would mean you, that you're not going to have as hard of a hit. Like, they, there's a, a, a thing about combat sports. Again, I quite like UFC, which isn't without its issues, uh, considering like during COVID, they all just, you know, li- went to a place called Fight Island in the middle of Middle East and just lived there and doing fights. It was awesome. But if in the UFC, they wear really light gloves and they, they tend to get knocked out very, very quickly. Um, this is just this is a guy who sits at his office all day talking about fighting right so i don't really know what i'm talking about this is an i reckon thing but uh, Uh, they say that getting punched in the head boxing and then getting kind of like punched drunk and knocked out a bit and then coming back after the 10 count whatever that is so much worse than just some guy punching you once in the nose and you just dropping instantly to sleep and Uh, obviously obviously they're both like obviously they're both terrible in comparison to just going about your day but if you had to have a choice you want to get knocked out right away rather than sit than just get slowly knocked out and that's where all of this kind of like cte stuff is is coming up and unfortunately now it's coming to football it turns out the heading the ball that turns out that's going to give you really fucking big big bad brain damage okay so not to get all uh not to get all uh, oh, we all kind of fucked up, but um, there is no <laughs> professional sport which won't give, won't damage your body in a lasting way. And nah, if, tennis, you know, fuck t- tennis yeah, is bullshit. I think that's. If you ever seen like you see things like the scans of former footballers' knees, and they've got like the knees of a six, of like a seventy-year-old at thirty-five because their knees have just been ruined. I think for a lot of these guys, and again, this is not to. I think I think that the brain trauma that you can get from football is specifically a very difficult thing to deal with um that i think they know that they're going into it 
and they're going to damage themselves. They're potentially damaging themselves in some way. But firstly, it's you know they love it. You know they can't. These guys would rather do and and rather do anything than not. It's like why? I guess I I mean I I really hate it when athletes compare themselves to like warriors and stuff. But there is a, a mentality, a similar-ish mentality in that kind of Viking way. You know, it's just like, well, it's better to live a relatively brief amount of glory, which no one, hardly anyone else experiences. I agree. I also Compared... think that liking sport is like you're watching. You're... If, if, if American football wasn't violent, like let's say one, one thing that you could quite easily do with American football is you could you could play it without pads, right? Like, I mean, obviously this isn't the rugby just fucking moron chat or anything, but oh, yeah. if you really wanted to play play the game, you could play it without pads and without helmets. All that would mean is the speed of the game would just be, would divide it by a hundred. Like that just, people won't be climbing up, you know, doing these in- incredible acts of uh, self-sacrifice and athleticism to catch a ball Mm. Or, or just ch- be able to physically charge through all these people and rumble for a hundred yard touchdowns. Like you just won't get that unbelievable moment of just pure unrelenting violence and athleticism, which is what makes the sport so good. Um, it, it, pff, fine. It's just one of those things. Really. Same thing with football. It's like, Oh yeah, just let's just take away headers. And all of a sudden part of the sport that looks really exciting disappears. Same thing with yeah. formula one. The halo is amazing. And I think the halo has saved lives and it's one of the most spectacular pieces of of safety innovation in the history of motorsport. But if you started to put like a, a like a, a capsule on a Formula One car, there's something gets taken away from the sport. And yeah. I'm not saying these are positives or negatives, but like realistically, people want to see cool, crazy shit happen. And they want to see like, they want to see odds. They want to see against odds. They want to see shit happen. Unfortunately, that just means like sometimes the Miami Dolphins quarterback has to have a little nap in the middle of the pitch on in uh, on a Thursday night, which is a shame. Yeah, I just I do I do think we're, especially with spectators, I think that there, there's a level at which, and we're just gonna we are gonna do our best to be very liberal about this, be very kind of understanding of this. But we all know that a fundamental level, I watch this because it's uh, because it's essentially a blood sport. Not quite, but it is, you know. I don't watch this again, I don't watch this because it's if this was a slower sport, as you say, I wouldn't be watching it. I can we can have as nice a chat about the the problematic elements as it of it as if you want. Like there's tons of really fun, weird stuff we can get into, these like psychotic shit all these people do. But I watch it every week. I'm not stopping. Um so yeah. And neither do any of you who listen to the podcast. Um, Antonio I'm not Brown that... got his knob out today, this week. Oh, did he? Yeah, he uh, exposed okay. himself in a hotel swimming pool. Uh, and uh, he then posted a picture of him hugging uh, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, um, after the Super Bowl win, because apparently Brady and Giselle are having like marriage problems. So Antonio Brown, who was actually like, like Tom Brady essentially saved his life brought him mm-hmm. back and then won a Super Bowl with him is then just turning around and then trolling him. The guy is, uh, the guy is the, he was, I would say most famous for being one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of American football, but also he quit in the middle of a game and just took his gear off and started running it. Just, ah, oh, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a level of like 
trolling that nobody's ever come near in any other sport. Just like, you know what, fuck it. Takes off his gear and just heads to the locker room. Like, uh, it's wild. Um, there's uh, what, my favourite wild thing from the NFL, which I messaged you earlier this week. Um, the One of the greatest linebackers on the planet, Lawrence Taylor, was known for doing up to an ounce of crack cocaine a day. Uh, that's which, so much crack cocaine. That is so much crack. And I just think, um, I think to all the kind of, and also that's such an American, I don't know, that seems like a real American way to get fucked up, you know, because of all our sports uh, in the, in the, you know, the mid 20th century era, I kind of guess the 60s to the eight to the 80s when professional sports were kind of professional, but, and there was a lot of glory attached, but the athletes were still just fucking like getting on the, you know, professional football players would just be smoke, still smoking like 40 a day, you know, having cigarettes and, and pints at halftime. You know, we have some, we have some all time classics like George Best, just like, being hammered all day you know doing a line of cocaine before he went on the went on the field crack crack yeah crack I is mean, american imagine, imagine... crack is american you would have you couldn't have like it's american as apple pie yeah absolutely they sold crack it to themselves <laughs> <laughs> this is good. it's amazing okay so that's it right so i just started mentioning like you know the there's the the, the famous conspiracy theory it took us less than four episodes to get into conspiracy theories there which is uh, probably a record for uh, two comedians doing a podcast about something but um yes let's not talk about any more sad shit because it was a really fun week uh, oh teddy bridgewater is uh, is trending on twitter right now uh, so that's fun um right what game did you watch we watched we watched the same game we watched, we watched the, the same uh, game and it was it was a it was a fun well I don't know it was a game of American football I would describe it as up until a point it looked like uh, the shall Buffalo we say Bills what the game is fuck. to the listeners before we get into it oh yeah of course the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills in Baltimore yes uh, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills uh, it was headlined as uh, prior to the game as an early an early clash of two AFC contenders. Um, the thing that mostly I came away with is that the game actually just exposed the gaping flaws in both teams. Um, yeah. That neither team, you know, the Bills won, and in some ways they impressed. They impressed in some ways, in as much as they um, they overturned a massive deficit. They were down. Um, it was twenty to six at halftime. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh yeah, was it was. It, it was twenty to twenty to. Well, it was twenty to three about five minutes before halftime and then they went yeah. in 20 to 10 oh sorry yeah 20 to 10 yeah so 20 to 10 yeah that was that was the turning point in the game and the yeah. turning point again was was fucking hardball making stupid stupid calls like you texted me when we were watching it saying i think this was at this point which was like take the points and then he doesn't no, this, is right, the the <laughs> this is, is right at the end this is right at the end yeah right, right. at the end of the so game. also just uh, to just to remind everyone i i on sunday afternoon i ran the london marathon um, so what I was, I literally was watching American football through the eyes of being extremely tired and just wanting the aesthetic, just going, mm, yes, the aesthetic of American football, the noises and the plays. Um, yeah. So I don't remember exactly the order things happened in. Okay, um, well, but, unfortunately, yeah. it was chucking it with rain for the aesthetic. It was chucking it with rain, and no one could do anything. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was twenty to ten. The Ravens were ahead, but the Bills did really well in reversing a deficit. They stopped the Ravens from scoring pretty much at all. 
uh, in fact, at all in the second half. Uh, there was no, not a single point score yeah. by the Ravens' second half. Very bad for the Ravens, very good for the Bills. Very great, great that they managed to turn it around. It was really great that Josh Allen, um, the Bills' quarterback, managed to kind of they made adjustments. They played their offense uh, differently in the second half. Um, they kind of ch- they tried different plays. You know, the first half they tried a lot of a lot more splash kind of big plays. Second half, it's actually almost like the opposite. Of the Dolphins uh, when they played them in the first half, they tried a lot of kind of smaller plays to get the game going and then in the second half they moved to the big splash plays opposite they moved to um they moved to just like to just running to screen plays to short completion passes and just march all up and down the field and the Ravens couldn't really do anything about it and they lost and but the bills also the allowance is that it was a chuck in it with rain and a lot of the receivers had real trouble holding onto the ball but the Bills didn't play that well. It was yeah. great to get the win. The Ravens defending is not very good. Um, I, the Ravens did not play well. The first half, again, they were winning. And then they kind of beat themselves. And I really think it starts from the coaching. Well, so I was looking at one of the, the stats that I wrote down from the game, which was just before... The Bills got the ball back. They had held they held Allen to six for 14, 55 yards and an interception. Mm. 55 yards from Josh Allen is insane. I mean, that to get to that point. And then what, what happened is you know that you're getting the ball back. Uh, you know that you were getting the ball back second half, deferred, I think it was, to kick off right. So you know that that has to be a scoring drive, the first drive out of the of the thing. The problem is the Ravens. This is exactly the same thing that happened in the Dolphins game is they basically just, I think they just got spooked and they realized it wasn't going their way. And as soon as that touchdown went in at the end of the second half, that was basically the beginning of the, of the end for them. Um, because then he, he, Alan put together that drive, scores a touchdown. And I'm looking at the stats here. Alan had 70 yards of rushing and one touchdown. That's like better than Lamar Jackson had rushing. I mean, he had 73 yards, yeah, but no touchdowns. I would have never thought that was going to happen. I thought like every single time there was a, it was, I think a couple of opportunities Jackson had to break off a really big run and he didn't do it for whatever reason. Mm. Maybe he was doing that thing. You know, there are times players have said that they'll, they, they might not put their body on the line. They'll make a business decision. They'll go, this might not be good for business this week. Mm. Maybe, maybe he didn't, break it off because it was so wet underfoot and there's there's so much yeah I, th- I think you have to so i think when you look at the um when you just look at the i think some oh my god i keep doing this i was listening to this part i was listening back to old episodes of the podcast i do this all the time get little brain farts anyway um when you look at a field it's a bit like when you're watching football and you see them and you go why aren't they just running in that direction and you go well that's because because they're not a machine they're not like a FIFA-controlled character that just goes at the set. Their, their, their speed is 87, so they go at 87 speed yeah, yeah. constantly. You do have to account for the fact that, for example, the field is wet and their footing might not be solid, or um, the sound of even the sound of the wind, the crowd. And yes, they are professionals, and they are supposed to be able to mitigate that, but I think you do forget that that, that is just true of them. I also think, though, that Lamar is... N- Lamar Jackson's decision making is not always great. It's often 
very good. I would not say that I would not say that he has elite mate decision making. Um in that he so he has some really good he has some really he has really good moments. Uh, there's some um he's learned to kind of go through the motions without uh go through his reads, which is basically when a quarterback um decide looks at one receiver looks at the next one looks at the next one decides which one he's going to go to um and normally the play is designed in a in order so i'm just i know you know this i'm just saying it's to the listener's benefit no i like it yeah <laughs> um so the it's play, also interesting like yeah go on but but i don't and sometimes he seems to really be able to he sometimes he really really does seem to be able to just do it in an absolutely magic way but then every now and again you get these plays where there'll be someone completely there'll be someone wide open and he just seems to want to he seems to play with with a lot of um trust with particular players so for he, ha- he has very obvious favorite players for example who he'll try and put, if he thinks well i need to make a play he'll almost go to them almost automatically he's way better at it than he used to be uh his first season he pretty much went to like one guy uh, well, his first full season, okay. he went to pretty much one guy, and if he was, even if other people were open, um... they always do that though. Like I put, so when you are a rookie quarterback, you mm. don't know, you don't, you vote. This the same thing happened with Tua's first season. Same thing kind of happens with every good. It happens to Borrow. It happens to the best of them. What they'll do is they'll they'll understand the smallest amount of information and usually what it will be is it'll be like if your first best guy isn't open for a very clear opportunity i uh, throw the ball away or tuck it under and run like there's they don't mm. have the the knowledge of the game they don't have the experience or the you know all of the you know some of these guys i think brady can tell where uh you know a defensive back is going to be based on like which foot he's his shoe he tied his mm. shoe up with first or whatever like he can he has that wealth of experience whereas the new guys they go they go okay we've drawn a simple play up the guys here don't throw it there if not just just like throw it away and that's yeah. just part of the game and then, and then you eventually learn to make your decisions uh that make the difference in the game mm. but then i think that um i do think that the actual decision making that was bad in the ravens game was coaching um so I think that I think that the Ravens have done really, really, really well to when they when they brought Lamar Jackson in, they did they completely changed how they played the game. And that's so hard to do. They built a system around him completely and they they decided, well, that's it. We're in. You know, they even drafted, you know, they drafted backup QBs who were sort of running ones just so that they would never so that the whole team was built built into this way of playing but um and also the, another caveat here honestly is that john harbour is without a shadow of the doubt um one of the best coaches in the nfl as long as you consider record which nearly yeah. everyone does he's won more games than nearly anybody else uh, there's a there's i think belichick has and then i think can't remember if anyone else has there's one or two more who in the period that he's been coach coach has what has won more they've had a monumental amount of success under him and yet there's just an eye test about him well i just don't trust that he's actually a particularly good strategist i think he's a 
I think he's a man motiv- he's a man motivator type of coach. I think his players love him. Um, there's been a couple of times where there's been rumored that he's lost the dressing room a bit, um, but he's definitely seems to be more of a kind of motivational coach. Um, and he puts real attention into things that other people don't. He used to be a special teams coach and he puts real attention into making sure that things get set up so, to give us the best opportunities to win. But I don't think that he's a particularly good defensive or offensive strategist and I think he pretty much leaves the play calling to his coordinators and I don't think our current uh, offensive coordinator is particularly good mm, okay and that's well, where I'm at or defensive so, coordinator actually <laughs> no I mean I think there's definitely some problems but like when you've got a guy like Lamar Jackson I don't think it's going to be uh, it's not it's, it's never going to be over I mean you're looking at the standings you look at the AFC North and it's, I mean, Bengals could, Ravens have looked better than the Bengals and they're on the same record. Yeah. They're definitely I'm better not, than the yeah. Browns who are on the same record and they're definitely better than the Steelers. So I think it's all to play for to even win that, even win that division. And then I just think that it'll take a lot of wins to, I think even the wild card's going to be tough, but you know, we'll, we'll see later on down the line. I see, um, I see, um, I've seen the, the narrative begin to circulate that Lamar is like the anti Joe Flacco in that he's just people are going, oh, he's not a clutch player. Um, because he's lost some games and there aren't that many, he doesn't have that many come from behind wins, you know, where we're losing and he's able to kind of just fucking come back and get it. Or, you know, there's a play that he needs to make it a specific situation. But the thing is, is I think that I think that narrative is fucking stupid. Uh, and the reason he the only reason he's got it is because the Ravens have been ahead and won so much. He's like, you can't do it. He can't do anything about that. Sorry, he's been yeah. too successful to fucking have th- that many like heart in your throat, heart stopping. Oh, my God, like last minute play. They've made the win. He's had a couple of pretty fucking good ones, though. For example, a couple of years ago. Uh, we played the Chiefs. We won by like one point, and it was one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. One. He's he is that I I will maintain that whatever happens with this game, whatever even happens with the season, he is still one of the top three QBs in the league. I don't, I I, I won't accept anyone telling me he's not. And, I agree, and I don't think that the Ravens will get to the Super Bowl this year. I, it's weird because he's bet on himself really big. I don't think the Ravens will be in the Super Bowl. However, oh, as a I fan... Don't think he needs to get as a fan... Fucking right. Great stuff. And also, to be honest with you, this is kind of... This is just me being reading off a, a, a loss that we should have won. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird loss because basically we've had two home losses uh, where we, we were up massively and we chucked it away. That's a really bad sign. But I feel like I just I feel like there aren't any teams in the AFC that don't have very glaring flaws. We're a quarter of the way into the season. I think pretty much all the teams in the AFC right now are showing pretty major flaws. So really, if you can get in the playoffs, can anything can happen? Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of teams can get in the playoffs. At least they've shown that if they fucking pull their fingers out, they can. So Jacob, you uh, you're a Ravens fan. Um, I don't know why, personally, unless you were just like a really big fan of the Wire, why you would support the, the Baltimore Ravens. 
Well, so what, she... Well, why? <laughs> yeah, you got me. I'm a big fan of the wire. Really? Uh, yeah. I'll no shit. The absolutely oh, that's man. so good. Like, I got into the uh, so 2007. Uh, I went to university. Uh, supported history of my life. Yeah, I'm a millennial. What about 2007? I went to I uh, started watching The Wire in first year of university because I was doing absolutely fuck all else. Um, fantastic times with all the all the various cast detective McNulty and uh, the rest. I have even. Um, I will put a picture of this on our Instagram. I've met the man called Poot, uh, the man who plays Poot from The Wire. Uh, his name is Trey Cheney. I saw him selling on the street uh, in Washington, D.C. I was in D.C. and I saw him flogging his autobiography in the street uh, for cash. Uh, he had self-published an autobiography uh, and it's a rags to riches story. Uh, except that I don't think he was particularly poor growing up and he's not like that well off now so it's just kind of a story <laughs> um it's very strange really interesting yeah and he um he's he's called trey cheney right and the book's called the truth you can't betray with trey in massive letters and Love he signed it, it with, signed of a picture of himself saying dear jacob be inspired stay white love from trey cheney <laughs> i bought it for 15 really bucks like in the street it's a fucking great book man uh it was a great great story so um i started watching the baltimore ravens because basically i watched the 2008 super bowl um yes was it 08, which was the steelers versus the falcons as i recall yeah yeah is that correct no, i believe the, that the steelers versus the um the cardinals yeah, Steelers Cardinals. Um, and it was it was lit. Arguably, have... sorry, yeah, yeah, agreed. It was, I mean, arguably, uh, arguably the best Super Bowl of all time. So it would have been the um, February two thousand and nine. Yeah, so I was uh, in my second year of university, and it was absolutely lit. Like we had basically someone was someone I knew was just like, oh, do you want to just come watch the Super Bowl party? Uh, to a Super Bowl party and I got into it you know we did the did the standard things you, you know we made like I mean we were university students so we were like just fucking getting like mints and flour to make our burgers you know and like our nachos and stuff like that and just like the cheapest and just hammering the cheapest beers uh shout out Asda man uh because in 2007 2008 <laughs> you could purchase for 27 pounds 100 smart price beers um, wow that's a lot of beer for yeah for, that's <laughs> 100 now uh gonna tell you two things about the smart price beers they were in the asda smart price logo cans they were just white cans with just like beer nice. written on them uh they yeah. were they were a lower percentage than a normal lager i believe they were two three two point seven or three percent um that doesn't matter because when you drink a hundred of them uh it, it's the same uh, it was not a pleasant experience, um, but we but we did it um, anyway. Uh, so we had the and we had a Super Bowl party, and I honestly I just thought it's one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen uh, because of the same you know, the same stuff we discussed in episode one. It was such a spectacle, it's so much fun. Uh, who who actually played at the halftime then? Um, Halftime was fucking Bruce Springsteen. Yes, of course it was. Of course it was. One of my musical heroes. One of my favorite. Like I've seen, he, Bruce, he... I've seen Springsteen six times live. Right, I fucking love it. It's one of the best shows on the fucking planet. It's so good, and it was so American, and it was so raw. And so I was like, well, the best way. I thought the best way of getting into getting into it. I wanted to get into it. And I thought the best way to follow it was just like if I just choose a team. 
You know, same way you, yeah. I guess, because I think that is the best. Like, it, you don't want to watch different highlights each week. You can, but it's more, you want someone to root for. Um, yeah. So, and I was literally just, because I was watching The Wire, I was like, you know, well, the Baltimore have a team. Checked it out. It's the Ravens. It's pretty cool. And then I did, uh, I did a quick, like, I looked at sort of a YouTube thing about what who the Ravens were. And at that time, that season was the first, that season was the first season that John Harbaugh had joined. So I missed the first Joe Flacco, uh, John Harbaugh season. Um, but he joined as this sort of new coach and they'd done surprisingly well. And they were kind of, a, they're, they're a newish team as well. They've only been around since 1996. Actually, that's not true. They're actually the Cleveland Browns, but shh. Um, and I just... Uh, I th- oh, yeah, they are the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I get confused are. which way. Because it was the Baltimore Colts went to Indianapolis. They could right. knock them away yeah. overnight. So, and then, yeah. yeah, the Browns moved to Ravens. Browns moved to Baltimore. And then eventually they just gave them in Cleveland. They just gave Cleveland the team. So, But they yeah. kept the history. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it all works. It's, it's so basically it's very strange because the so because these teams are franchises they can just move around if they want and the even though i i think it's just very much, much more kind of nakedly capitalist but at the same time people still build that local attachment to it so the indianapolis Colts used to be the baltimore Colts, um which is why um they that we still have they still have statues to kind of baltimore colts players in baltimore and then so there was some dispute and the team was taken over they they literally left overnight like they packed everything up into vans and left overnight and people woke up in the morning and just found that the team had gone which i think is so funny so weird yeah it's really funny um and then there was um in the 1996 expansion, when they brought in a couple more teams, they decided to award a franchise to Baltimore. But the franchise was actually is actually the Cleveland Browns just like moved to Baltimore. Um, but there was some to, to in order to placate the Cleveland, they like put the new franchise in, but they kept the Browns' name. And ownership it's very weird like baltimore are technically the new team but they're not they're just that because they are the expansion franchise but because it's a fra- the all the ownership and management and everything else just moved over to baltimore and then they had to just and then a new team even though it was the same it is very weird also i think what's quite funny about baltimore like a lot of um American football teams, their fans believe they're sort of uniquely oppressed by the the nfl organization yeah. and uh baltimore <laughs> Baltimore fans are still furious about the fucking Colts thing and yet don't give a solid shit that their team is actually the Browns. Like it's so funny. Yeah. Um but I think it's kind of I, I like I I learned to like the Ravens. It's not just that I chose one and then was like I, I could have not stuck it out. Um I learned to like the Ravens because there's a bunch of cool things about them. Firstly, their uniform is sick. They yes. just it looks one of the greatest lit. Oh, I mean it's top few. As, as far that's the good thing about being a new team is you can just you can just start from scratch. You don't have to be fucking brown, like you can be purple with like spiky metal numbers. Uh, you can be. Uh, I, I I always love that the whole aesthetic of the Baltimore Ravens because I love like I love how they're called the Ravens. I love how they're. Uh, I think very nearly current... didn't happen. By the way, that that um, very nearly what, didn't happen. Name? Yeah, um, they really wanted to call them the uh, Baltimore Americans, 
Um, oh, that's just awful. Yeah. Well, they wanted it to be because of because Baltimore Harbor is important in both the the American War of Independence and the eighteen twelve war, and it's like the the you know the the Star Spangled Banner when they're talking about the bombs falling over it. That is about Baltimore. Yeah. Um, right. But. Uh, it fucking sucked. Like that's just fucking that name yeah, just does. fucking sucks as it does. In fairness, it makes more sense than the fucking cowboys calling themselves America's team, right? It's way more of like an obvious like patriot location. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I agree. But the name just absolutely sucks. They did like a design competition. I believe that the Ravens were voted and they just nearly overruled it because they were like, fuck that. They've nearly like boating McBoat faced it. Because they were like, no, we're not calling them that. That's stupid. But they did. They, but but it was just so popular that they they kept the name Ravens, and they, I they are absolutely right to do it. It's, I don't know. It's just a weird town for them to have. It's almost a whimsical name. You know, the Raven well, is based on the Raven by Baltimore native Edgar uh, horror writer Edgar uh, Allan yeah. Poe. It's kind of a whimsical. Like, the first crest. Like that old bee that just had wings on it, rather than the, the raven's head. The current, uh, the current ravens um, mascots are Edgar and Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just two. I mean, that's brilliant. And their their old so mascot's cool. called Poe, um, but he's injured. The guy who did it's injured himself, so he's out oh the season. God. Yeah, uh, on IR. <laughs> Got a draft yeah. in the practice squad. The fucking, I think the That's... guy like broke his ankle or something. So they've got these two other guys and they've called him Edgar Allan Allen. It's so... <laughs> but I just, I don't know, man. Like it appeals to me. It's whimsical. It's like literary. And like, no, that just wouldn't happen. Like that, ne- that, that nearly didn't happen. And it wouldn't happen now. You know, like the Washington, the Washington, uh, the, the artists formerly known as the offensively named Washington Redskins, um, when they decided to lose their brand and then be, they were the Washington football team for a while, which by the way, such a fucking, the way that the real, I thought that was so weird. Like it was almost like they were sort of calling it something deliberately shit just to be like, well, we could have been called something awesome like the Redskins, but the liberals, you know, it's like, you don't have to just call it the Washington football, just call them Washington, man. I don't know. What the, what the fuck are you just all these like Americans trying to get their mouths around that Washington football to anyway they've rebranded this season and they're, they're called the Commanders which is by the way complete shit it's one of the worst fucking yeah. and actually they did they did poll fans um, and they yeah, ignored they ignored out. it yeah um, they they were gonna they one of the potential names was the Red Hogs. Which would have been so much better, the Red Hogs. The Red Hogs. Um, yeah, red you hogs. know, Red Hogs. Bunch of red. I think that's cool. That's that's very weird, man. Because they like, wanted uh... to keep the word. They wanted to keep the word red, so they added it to just like non-offensive things like hogs, red wolves, uh, defenders. I think commanders. Fine. Presidents. I think would have been pretty cool. The Washington presidents. Yeah, wasn't it? What when they when they thinking of the Red Wolves as well? That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they kind of like the cops. Also, one th- what I think is very funny is that the shortened commanders, when you're doing any kind of chant, will be commies and they wear red. And I think that's very funny to have as the as the DC team. Uh, they're a trash team. Let's not talk too much more about them. I just think it's 
it very nearly didn't happen. It's kind of poetic. I really enjoy it. It's called, they're called the Ravens. They're playing a kind of like like lush purple. You know, purple isn't the color of yeah. like gritty football. Purple is like a uh, purple. Purple is the the color of the Shay Long of. Uh, a seductive of sort of a seductive temptress is so nice and yeah the team is just historically uh until and throughout most of the time i watched it until we drafted lamar jackson it was just a team of just like the hardest bastards in football like they they run entirely off just like horrible fucking like punch you in the face style play although that that is more reputable that's a bit like brixton being rough it's way more like rep reputation from the past than than actually true but they had some of the most spectacular defensive players in the game um they're the big ones arguably two of the best of all time yeah arguably two of the best and it's the mad thing about how good their defenders are is that so you the the big two are ray lewis and ed reed uh ray lewis being this kind of archetype like fuck you up linebacker he literally has like a uh, uh was involved but never convicted of a murder. Um, yeah, he allegedly was involved in allegedly killing a guy. And <laughs> yeah, um, Ed Reed, yeah. who Ed Reed, who is that kind of the ultimate archetype of the defensive back, who is just just kind of like a spider, like he just kind of appears out of nothing and just steals the ball. Um, he's unbelievably smart and really and could just die, do these kind of mathematical formulas to working out the exact argument. Uh, angle he needed to take in seconds and just dived on these he did he had an unbelievable amount of spectacular interceptions where he seemed to just read the quarterback's mind about where he was going didn't matter what kind of trickery they threw at him unbelievable and then but then then even the next run of players um are just hall of fame defenders like uh terrell suggs um yeah hello uh Hilo- guys like that these kind of just these ridiculous people who are so so good um i think he's it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch uh we had a great team we had um we had a kind of we had we also we were, we had a guy called joe flacco who is the current jack's backup quarterback we talked about him before he was a he was a good qb um the Ravens were never an offensive team, but what was cool about them is that he had, they just kind of, he seemed to just turn it on come playoff time and the Ravens are successful. I've never had to deal with, I've only once or twice had to deal with the Ravens having a shit season. Like they're always good. They're always competitive. And so, hmm. and in the playoffs, I've seen some magic. I've seen some of the best football ever played. The Joe Flacco's playoff run before he, um, before they won the Super Bowl was one of, was some of the best of the, the sport I would say has ever produced. It's so good to watch. And then, then as he got towards the end of his career with the Ravens, cause he was running, uh, he had some injuries. He was, you know, things weren't really working out The uh, the defenders, the old defenders were going, they were, they run out of time, you know, uh, further time and sort of got rid of these guys. Then in the first round, we drafted a guy called Lamar Jackson. Now, do you know? Do you, I don't know if you remember this. We had two picks in the first round because we traded up out of the second round um, for our final pick. Lamar Jackson wasn't even the Ravens' first for pick in the first round. We drafted a tight end called Hayden Hurst, twenty fifth, the first round. Um, didn't even pick Lamar wow. first. 
um, and then had a high because of uh, the Ravens have one of the really really smart front offices who do a lot of trading around. So what we do um, traditionally is the Ravens accumulate loads of draft picks, and they have more. They often have more picks, one or um, either the most picks or like up in the top amount of picks because you can do things to trade players for draft picks um, or you can kind of and or you get supplementary runs. So we often have like loads and then on draft day, it means they can do a bit of messing around, either get loads of players or they can kind of move up and down the board if they want. Um, so we had a, sec- a high second round. We had two second round picks that year from a previous trade. We traded up from a high second round pick to the far to the final pick of the first round and drafted Lamar Jackson. Um, he didn't think he was going to get picked. Wow. Like he had no he had no idea he was coming to the Ravens. Like it just wasn't something that was like mapped to to the Ravens at all. It was one of Ozzy Newsom's one of the best GMs like last drafts, and he can it completely changed the direction of the team. And it was unbelievable. Like Lamar came in uh, in his first season after Joe Flacco got injured. He seemed kind of limited, but like he was electric. And the last few years have just been like unbelievably entertaining. There's not like you, you right now, you can't watch the Ravens and not be entertained. No, it, that's true. It's, it, it's always, it's one of those things where you get excited when he touches the ball. And yeah. I would have like, regardless of whether or not I were doing this podcast, I would I would always tune in to watch Lamar Jackson. He's like Harland or Mbappe or so, yeah. Mbappe or something like that. You know, he's one of those guys that you just kind of he is the you got to watch him. Just look, I'm looking up that draft class from 2018, and Josh Rosen went higher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He went tenth, tenth overall, and then he went he went to Miami, and he was bollocks. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I've always quite liked the aesthetic of the purple and and their, the the way that they have always been like I, I don't know. Teams always say they've got a chip on their shoulder and they're hated for whatever reason. And like any all the things aside, all the you know allegedly's aside, mm. the the way they played in two thousand that aggressive defense and the way that they went every single place they went into, they were just the baddies. Yeah, that is yeah, kind of, yeah. That's like the kind of movie shit that just doesn't that like is is exciting to 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 watch, and it's part yeah. of the DNA of the team. Plus, I also like it when they play all in black. I think that's really cool. Yeah, they have a they they do an all black rush uniform, which is really cool. Yeah, I think, shirt, yeah. yeah, I think that the Ramans are um, a couple of interesting things about the Ravens, and then I'll shut up about them. Uh, and then, as we've said, we discussed this previously. We've talked a lot about our own teams in the first few episodes. We're going to not next week. Um, the Ravens are yeah. are run in a really interesting way because, and maybe this is one of those things where it's almost it's almost the case where unsuccessful teams change their coaches and staff constantly, uh, and some and maybe there's a um, and some people and the but the Ravens really don't. We rarely change coach. Um, John Harbaugh has been the head coach since 2008. That is a very very long tenure for a head coach in the NFL. Um, that's really long um i'm pretty certain that belichick is the only one who's been with the same team for longer um as head coach and he the ravens really value a kind of stability to the way that they do things um and i think that's why the even if the players like they're defending isn't as good they still keep that that vibe to them 
um, because it's mm. just the same guys. The organization, that's the other thing, the organization doesn't change. So we used to have a guy called Ozzy Newsom, who was the general manager. He's the guy who ran the drafts and like that, right? Um, and Ozzy Newsom is actually a former Ravens player. Uh, he played for a season uh, with the Ravens. Um, he with, um, that's not true. That's not even on. Yeah, it's not true. (laughs) He was a tight end for the. He was a tight end for the Cleveland Browns, who, to be fair, are the Ravens. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that's fine. um, He's an NFL player. Yeah, and he was the general manager from 1996 to 2018. Um, Wow. Yeah, his assistant (laughs) at the time is the current general manager. So called Eric DeCosta, his assistant for like most of the 2000, like noughties to now were who started, and Eric DeCosta started as a scout at the Ravens. Um, it's just a very kind of, they keep the organization is really tight and it keeps its, uh, it keeps its personnel for ages. And I think that's um, why it's been really successful because players come into an organization that just, is just kind of humming. You know, it just kind of like it's been successful. Uh, it, they formed in 1996. We've had two Super Bowls since 1996. That's pretty good. From that's pretty good by anyone's standards. You know, there's teams that have done better. Obviously, the Patriots have done a lot better. Um, the Steelers have done better. I don't, but two Super Bowls in that period of time is very good. Yes, I think that's amazing. Um, like you, it's really hard to to win them, and you know, it, and even and we're in the playoffs most years. I think we yeah we we've been in the play apart from I think like there's there's only four or five years in that entire period where the Ravens haven't been in the playoffs, so it's just not like it's a successful organization, um, and it just keeps being that way. Uh, I don't know that John Harbaugh is the best coach, but I think he. You don't want to be the Ravens will always be like, well, you don't want to be just like constantly in that like coach wheel where you're just trying to get a new guy, get a new thing in, unless you know that it's going to imp- make things better. Um, we have the one of the best players. We've we've got one of the top QBs in the game. He's one of those kind of transcendent new generation. It's an exciting team to watch. I bloody love it. He'll also definitely win the Super Bowl in his career. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely will. I mean, they need to pay him, but they definitely, he definitely yeah. will. Let's see how he gets on. Right. So, what, let's talk about what's been happening in the NFL. Right. So, we could go through game by game. There's a couple of cool games to talk about. Mm. Uh, but I want to start with uh, Buccaneers Chiefs, uh, which was an absolutely insane game. Uh, Brady, 385, three touchdowns. And uh, Patrick Holmes, 249-3 and an interception, but they ended up winning four, uh, 41-31. And that, that game's a really cool one because, you know, anytime Mahomes goes up against uh, Tom Brady, it's always big game, it's always big news. And I think it just shows that the Kansas City Chiefs are fucking good again. Uh, the, they've really, bouncing back like that, scoring 41 points is uh, really, really good for them and really scary for anyone who's not, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just Chiefs being Chiefs once again. The Chiefs, I don't... Um, this is kind of the quarter season. It's not really because the seasons are... Um, because the seasons 
17 games now, but let's call it the the quarter season. At this point, the Chiefs are a for real team. Yep. They're three and one. They're a for real team. I don't count the Buccaneers as not a for real team, but the Chiefs are a team that are for real. They're also going to walk the AFC West, like Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I mean, I think Chargers, particularly the Broncos, even Chargers look game, worse this year. Chargers look worse. They, the uh, eye test says they're Broncos, worse anyway. Yeah, uh, Broncos are fucking lost to the Raiders. I mean, no, those two teams are just they. I don't know what's going on there, but like they should win the AFC West quite easily, and then yeah. Um, Probably they'll go home field advantage. And then again, I mean, that Kansas City Stadium is one of the most tough, one of the toughest places to go. So like they yeah. say they're one of the loudest teams, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. They're very, very good. Mm. And Mahomes, Mahomes was doing that shovel pass. He was just oh, dropping yeah, them yeah. into weird spots. They were doing all kinds of trickery. Um, they look like uh, a team to be reckoned with. So the thing, the thing that you always have to remember about American football, and I forget sometimes too, is you look at records, especially early in the season, and you look at this thing game by game, you get very much hot takes. But the reality is, is that loads of teams get into the playoffs. Um, and the purpose yeah. of the season is to get into the playoffs. And it t- kind of doesn't. So you basically have to be in the idea that they won't be in the playoffs is ridiculous. They will be. And also you want to be in the playoffs relative in relatively good form um, and you want to be in the playoffs with not that many like fucked up injuries. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the teams that can do that have got a good chance of making it right. That That's why there's always a team that it, there's usually a team in the Super Bowl that like wasn't a favorite because they've kind of got into a run of form just before the playoffs and they just smack bash through it and get there. The Chiefs like they don't need to be. They don't even, weirdly, they don't actually need to be like crushing it regular season. They've got all these pieces. They just need to kind of be, and they're going to get into the playoffs. They just need, oh, they've got the season to just put it together, basically. Yeah. And then beating Brady is one of those things. It just shows where you're going. Yeah. Um, There was another cool game that I thought would be worth talking about, which is just an interesting one to discuss, which is the Eagles versus the Jaguars. Eagles for real. I think. Eagles are definitely absolutely for real. I mean, I think they're favourites for the NFC. Um, I mean, the thing is, 29 points actually makes them look a little bit better than they were. Jags had that game for the most of it. Um, And I think Jags are real as well. You know, I think they're a playoff team. Um, They they just need to not... The weather was fucking horrible. Um, And that's that's not about either team because it affects both teams. But the Eagles adjusted. And they kind of didn't like they 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 did. I, I noticed they've got quite a few running yards, the Jags, but it's still not amazing. The Eagles were able to just ground and pound the fucking game out. That they have uh, almost two hundred thirty-four yards, hundred thirty-four yards, five yards of carry in the rain, two touchdowns, great. And they were able to just grind that out and. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, he threw a respectable like just over 200 yards and in that pounding rain, that's really good with the wins as well. Um, but he himself also did kind of some good stuff. It's one of those things where the numbers don't quite show the numbers don't show you what the eye test shows you. There's one run in particular um, which is his rushing touchdown, which was almost like a Cam Newton or Josh Allen touchdown where he just tucked it and just charge and just smash this guy and like carried him a couple of feet to like to get past to get into the to get into the get into the end zone 
great. Great stuff. It's why I watch I also, the game. I also don't, yeah. I also don't think the Jags are going to have going to struggle. Not they'll, they'll win the AFC South, no problems. They could beat the Titans. Um, yeah, they've got a Trevor they've Lawrence got a, is looking good. They've Colts got a division shit. that's Texans very winnable. Be, yeah, they've got a very yeah. winnable division, so I think they'll be fine. Um, in which case, happy, Jags I'm, are in the playoffs. Their defending is legitimately good, and you know they didn't really quite work it out with the Eagles, but the Eagles are right now the best team. So I don't know if the Eagles pass my eye test as the best team. But they are by record the best team, and you got to go with that. Um, yeah, I think that um, the Chiefs are cool... probably the best yeah. team, but like the Eagles are by record the best team, and they seem to be the team with the least wrong with them. Um, they're not necessarily like they're not always spectacular at everything, but they definitely seem to have the least wrong with them. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about like records being a bit weird. So this week. Raiders play the Broncos, Colts play the Titans. Um, there a lot of kind of uh, the other one, Texans play the Chargers. A lot of shit teams trading off wins and losses with other shit teams, right? So mm. they're, they're not necessarily season defining. But one thing, one game that I did think was pretty fucking crazy was 49ers comfortably beating the LA Rams. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, when you talk about the eye test thing, weirdly, they comfortably beat them, but I don't think that the I still don't buy that the 49ers are any good. And I don't buy that the LA Rams are that bad either. But they will trash no, no. on the they, day. On the day they fucking They're suck. both two and two teams. They're both two and two teams that those two and two records mean fuck all. Like it's just they're confusing numbers to look at. Like, yeah. I don't think LA Rams are gonna be five hundred at the end of the season, and I don't think that 49ers are going to be 500 at the end of the season, but for different reasons. It's, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's interesting. And I mean, the NFC is shaping up, particularly the NFC West. All four of those teams, so Cardinals and Seahawks as well, they're all two and two, which, I mean, Seahawks are not the same as the Rams at the moment. They had, mm. I mean, it's, it's all to play for, and I'm sure that they will get one. Interesting thing about the Seahawks is a friend of mine on Twitter is a friend of mine in real life, actually. He uh, He's a Seahawks fan, and I that was a fucking crazy game. We'll talk about that in a second, right? So they he's rarely, as a Seahawks fan, because they're on the West Coast, gets to watch a game of American football at six. And I tweeted, I was like, oh, it must be such a treat for you. And he was like watching it with his daughter and stuff. It's like he, he has to always stay up till like three, four o'clock in the morning watching them. That game, Lions-Seahawks, 45-48 Seahawks win that one. And that is a very special game because that is the that is a game, uh, that is the 1,073rd game to get a unique score in the NFL. And I yeah. think that's a crazy thing. That, no, that has never been, there's never been a game that was 45-48. The definition of a shootout. And once again, we got the Detroit Lions <laughs> smashing the absolute shit out of it. And still losing. I mean, 45 points. Jared Goff, 378 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Geno Smith, 320. Geno Smith looked like a fucking real quarterback as well. Rashad Penny, 151, two touchdowns. I mean, I don't so, think the Seahawks or the Lions... Are, the Lions are better than one and three, but I don't think either of them are going to be troubling anyone yeah. towards the end of can the I season. Give you, can I give you a stat? A yes. Can I give you a stat uh, about the Geno Smith? 
Uh, and actually, this is one of the funny things about American football. And I think it's because the seasons are so short. You only There's only 16, 17 games in a season. Any other sport, that's ridiculous. And what that means is that real attachment gets attached to like very small numbers of games. This is four games in. And you can easily, as an athlete, have a run of form for like three, four games. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is, Geno Smith's completion percentage for the first four games is 77.3%, which is the highest what? completion percentage through the first four games in NFL history. Wow. I have been slagging him off. He isn't a good QB, but then it's so weird how he's the starter. He was the starter of the Jets. He did not do well. No one gets a good time at the Jets. But He's just bounced around as a kind of journeyman backup. He's never shown anything that would suggest that he is good. But it, also, accuracy is a bit silly. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's can't lie. He's doing like, great. If you threw, if you threw like, if you threw like ten one-yard dump-offs, yeah, again, yeah, 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 and then hit them all, then you'd be a hundred percent. But like, you know, three hundred and twenty yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions in a forty-eight forty-five shootout win. That is a good game. And, hey, he's doing uh, what they. He's doing what they need him to, right? Right now, he's not uh, making mistakes. Is, he's playing them out of a draft pick, that's for sure. I don't know who's coming up in the draft, but like, if they were supposed to be bollocks for a year, so they get a new QB. When, oh yeah, when that's not going to fucking that's going to fucking happen. Whoops! And right, another stat for journeyman QB who um, who gets into it. Uh, so the Cowboys are three and one, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Cooper Rush has won his third game on the trot. But actually, because he started um, as a backup uh, a, a couple of seasons ago um, for one game, which he also won, uh, he is 4-0 as a backup, which is the best ever record, which is the Cowboy, the Dallas Cowboys' best ever record start for a new QB. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So for every game, like I know he's been on the team and he's been off the team as well because he's been, got traded around a bit. He's been off the team for a bit too. But when you, <laughs> it's these three games that he started this season and the one that he started a couple of seasons ago together. That's four st- four starts. He's won all four of them. So he's actually their best, their best, their most, their winningest QB, uh, rookie QB, like not rookie QB, like. From the moment they start for the games they start, he's the best. He's done the best for the first four games ever for any QB they've ever drafted. Um, he's and he's you know he's a big ginger guy. What could you do? Yeah. Oh, guess who's back? Uh, guess who's back in winning ways? And the, the Cowboys aren't for Giants. real, by the way. No, Cow- they're not for real. Giants. I'm starting to think the fucking maybe. Giants are though. Three and one. Uh, I mean, the Bears are bollocks, but fine. Uh, Daniel Jones threw 71 yards in a, in a win with a 20 point win. They're a running team, and Shaquan Barkley, 146 yards, right? No touchdowns. Who got the other touchdowns? Daniel Jones. He just ran them in. Like, I think he just, Barkley did all the hard work, and then Dan Jones just fucking walk, walking at the end. Uh, and then for the second, I think, second week in, in a row, New York Giants wearing their throwback uniforms this time at home. They look much better, and they should keep them every single week. So, Giants uh, have beaten Jets. Uh, sorry, they've, they, they've beaten the Titans, the Panthers, and the Cowboys, and now the Bears. So they haven't played anyone like really for real, for real, and they will do next week uh, when they play the Packers at home. And the Packers, unfortunately, are for real. Yeah, the Packers are, um, even though I didn't think they were going to be. Um, yeah, I didn't that's think we, that's, a, that's an error, a big error that we both pulled at the start of the 
I just didn't think it was going to be good. I don't think it was going to be good. And it turns out if you've got one of the greatest of all time who's just been doing loads of acid, he's going to be good at football. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Okay, we barely talked about the Saints-Vikings game, which which happened in London. Yeah, he cares, uh, man. Which was, it was good. Yeah, it was a good game. You know, I don't think the Vikings are for real. Um, they, I don't think they've got the pace to keep what they're doing going. Uh, there was a lot of really patronising American people talking about, like, <laughs> walking around central London on the weekend. Uh, I went to the Super Bowl demonstration, the Super Bowl exhibition on Friday, um, and I had to. I spent about twenty minutes trying to set up the app that you have to download to get in there. And I was like, "Can I just use my login for, you know, Game Pass?" And like, "No, you have to do this." Took ages. I walked around in two seconds, photo with the trophy, and left. It was uh, very disappointing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's always exciting when they take over London. you know, people wearing all the jerseys. There's like people from Minnesota just really confused, asking for directions on the tube. Um, and then all of London gets shut down for the London Marathon. So it was quite, uh, yeah, interesting. Spurs look good as usual. And everyone went who wasn't me. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll find some tickets eventually. Um, yeah, those, those, so who else, who else have we not mentioned in the NFC that's good? Because um, yeah, they're done NF- fucking... NFC. Uh, and fuck the NFC Eagles are going to Eagles will win it uh, Eagles Packers uh, NFC Championship game uh, Buccaneers are going to I don't know I, I just I just fear that Brady's never going to actually retire here now but two losses in a row uh, it's looking bad Falcons coming up on you yeah <laughs> the fucking Falcons um, but they'll, they'll, they'll they're another team who's just going to just win the NFC South without even trying so that's just one of those things right so Let's talk about what we saw other than football on the thing. I think the the grossest advert uh, was an advert for a drug. If anyone's never watched American um, adverts before, America is the only country, I think, in the world who is allowed to openly advertise medicine, like prescription medicine. So you you are allowed to make a decision as to what kind of medicine the doctor prescribes you. It's not like you go to the doctor in England and they write you a prescription. You're like, good, this is the medicine for me. There's adverts that say, that tell you what you can take and what you can ask your doctor for, which is fucked up to begin with. But in order to make it fair, what they do is they list the side effects or possible side effects from the drugs. And sometimes... You have no idea what they actually are. The drugs are for. There could be like, it could be like heart medication, and then they just start listing these nightmares. Tell your doctor if you have changes in your personality, and they're like Jesus Christ, that's fucking dark. Um, so this week, we were we both we both texted each other simultaneously about a drug called Jardiance. I think that Jard, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. And anyway, this will give you a fungal infection of the genitals. It will give you a, uh, a yeast infection in your uh, gooch, in your perineum, and cause nausea, low blood sugar, weakness, lightheadedness, and dehydration. <laughs> I don't even know what this is for. And it was it's for so diabetes, weird. isn't it? It's for diabetes. It's a diabetes. It's a diabetes drug. So instant, it's just, oh, my God. And then, so, so the first bit of the advert is, hey, get your life back from diabetes. Then 30 seconds of listing. Tell your doctor if you feel like you're going to instantly die. It's really, really weird. The other thing that I was noticing is like sometimes in adverts, you're like, you, you watch a drug advert or you're tuning, you just got on your phone, tuning halfway, and they'll just be like a middle-aged, middle to later. I say that like I'm not middle-aged, I'm coming up there in anyway, like a, like a 45, 50, 60 age American man. 
and he's doing something right he's working on his truck he's playing tennis he's fucking playing with his grandchildren or whatever and then you're like it takes you like half an advert before you realize that it's boner medicine it's like this guy is just selling his boner medicine here he's like getting out of the swimming pool he's like hey, t-. and then he's like oh, take oh, a is- bone medicine sonny jim he's like tell your doctor if you have uncontrollable boners and you suddenly want to just start running around doing crazy shit if you become a communist and let your doctor know immediately um so yeah that was gross um so hopefully we'll get some more we're going to play a game hopefully in the coming weeks which is one of us will write down hopefully we watch the reason why we both text each other we watch the same game if we're watching a different game we'll write down a list of funny side of not funny side effects this is haunting shit to watch during the day Oh, yeah, no, it's super fucked up, man. Like, it's really weird. Just watch it. You're having a nice time, and it's just like, are you inside? Do you have stage three bowel cancer? Talk to your doctor. And you're like, what side effects may include incest? You're like, what? (laughs) Did you see the advert? I think, did you see the advert about the, if you lived on an American naval base in 1984? Yeah. Yeah, there's an advert which is about, getting like apparently a bunch of people lived on a very large american naval base in the 80s and they might have drank like toxic water and their due compensation it's so specific but it's on like international television it's like okay <laughs> that's an interesting advert um there's a lot of weird adverts the other one i don't think i've ever seen an advert in, in england about buying the right kind of car seat for your ch- child but they're like it's a very quite a high budget it looks like a mobile phone advert and at the end it's like make sure your child has the correct car seat it's like all right america keep smashing it we're doing well um the other thing i quite liked in the world of adverts is pepsi aren't even trying anymore with their um their <laughs> sorry i just looked at my phone notes and i just had boner medicine written down i'm glad we talked about that um, they they're not even Pepsi trying, aren't even trying with anymore. their bone medicine. I just keep I keep drinking yeah, Pepsi I've, Max. I've been fucking floppy as, as I've been I've been floppy as a fucking fish for the last twelve years. I can't deal yeah. with it. I'm just like. Also, uh, no one wants to sleep with me because I, I before before starting, I'm like, do you mind if I drink some Pepsi Max? <laughs> drink some Pepsi Max. Well, the Pepsi Max are now advertising itself as made for football watching, which is very. It's kind of like that movie idiocracy when it's like smoke these cigarettes or fuck you it's like do you drink you drink soda while you're watching the football this is the football drink drink it you football guy and uh yeah so that was a stupid thing uh in in the world of american adverts i love it i mean as i said before i'd watch a channel of american adverts i I like them so much and also like adverts for tv shows that will never get sold to england just really bad like I don't know what it is like multi-cam comedy shows about some family and but they yeah we just don't get that shit or like the 5000th series of CSI Las Vegas it's just fantastic country with the weirdest 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 adverts um and I think that is it I think that leaves us with the one last thing uh this week which is obviously NFL, like NFL name of the week name of the week and this one came out of nowhere I don't know where he is on the Raiders depth chart. Um, Raiders, no, sorry, Ravens depth chart. Ravens running back. He's Justice Hill. I know yeah, it's not. Justice Hill. Justice Hill. Hill. Unreal. I, I like I, Justice Hill running back. Uh, I don't know how long he's been in the league or what else, but what a name. He. I really hope he sings like running up that hill or like but changes it to like I'm running downhill or something like that. It's ah. Uh, what a name! What a running back. Had a good game, didn't he? I don't know. 
Yeah, he's, man, oh, he's, like, oh, he's, he's listed. He's a second string. He's yeah. fucking. He's listed above Kenyon Drake, and Kenyon Drake has been getting a lot more touches than him. Justice Hill, Chief he, Justice of the Supreme Court of Running. He's just. He's just very. He's very quick. That's his main thing. You know, he's a good guy. Um, we, the Ravens. Basically, the thing with the Ravens running back. Let's not get too much into it. We've just had so many injuries with them that we've got like a stable of just fucking just guys. Um, it, Justice Hill should really be the third one the one who does the kind of scat stuff you know when you kind of need a guy yeah, that you yeah. do a, a toss to and he just he's got a bit of a burst of speed but like i don't know i think he's he's got some he's got some pace and more importantly a fucking sick name uh we've got two good yeah. name well good well-named running backs justice hill and jk dobbins both very silly names justice hill is is a great a strong name yeah. winner of JK this dobbins. week's yeah <laughs> JK dobbins. what we should do like we should do this like Okay, well, after the season is over, we, we can't plan this yeah. because it would ruin the joy of choosing NFL Player of the Week. Yeah, but We should write a list of all of our play, NFL Player names of the week. Playoffs and, and Championship. Next year, no, no, next year, we have to draft them all in a fantasy league and see how well they do. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Name because, only. I mean, at the moment, that's not that, that's not that bad. I mean, like, if, if he gets more touches, you know, he could be a starting guy. You yeah. could get like, I mean, we we also had what's his name out of the Forty um, uh, ers He 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 come back. He'll come back and be uh, a pretty solid player. I forgot his name instantly. That's how bad it is when someone gets injured. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, it's, we should just draft him and see how they get going. But yeah, that's all we got time for. <laughs> like it's a television show. Um, I'm uh, yeah. That's that's it. That's it. You that's good? all, folks. Yeah. All right. So see, see you. you next uh, week. Uh, yeah. See you next week. Bye. Have a Bye. good day. I'll send you the thing. You Sweet. don't need to know that. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to, uh, to this week's episode of Helmets Podcast. Um, this one was pretty quickly put together. Unfortunately, work our day jobs got on top of both of us. Um, so the one way that you can really help, though. Uh, if you've been listening and enjoying at all, and I'm aware that this week's was pretty hastily put together, is uh, if you could follow us on social media, um, we're at Helmets Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we also have a page on face, uh, Facebook. Um, and also, if you could give us a review in the iTunes library or just click download, um, we're on Spotify, we're everywhere. Um, it'll be really, really great because that will help us that will help drive our enthusiasm. It will help us know that you're listening and we'll just keep making more. And thanks so much.